Hello and welcome back to Football Gentron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. Your host, Anam, here with the usual boys, uh, Chadens and Anmen. And today we are going to be jumping right into it as we have a very, very big uh, European qualifying match. Our first European qualifying match against Turkey in a few days' time from when this episode release. So um, the run of show today is going to be very simple. We are going to be talking about the Armenian squad, uh, our lineups, and taking a look at the opposition and answering some of your questions. Uh, so jumping straight into it, uh, gentlemen, let's get right to it. Alexander Petrikov called his first ever Armenian national team squad that included a number of surprise picks and a number of debutants, which we are all very, very excited about. Um, we'll first start with the goalkeepers that were called for uh, the Armenian national team, which included Beglarian, Bushnev, and Nesesian. Uh, this, of course, leaves David Yurchenko, our starting goalkeeper for the past two and a half years or so off, as he is no longer playing at the professional level, um, which was a really weird twist uh, from this past month or so. Uh, in defense, we have our captain, Varazad Haroyan, Andrei Chalisir, Daron Voskanian, Georgi Harutunian of Krasnodar, Nair Teknizian, Jirai Margarian, Kamo Hovanesian, and Piloyan from Urardu. Stiopo Makarchan and Arman Ghazarian are injured and are in the reserve squad list. Petrikov said that they would have been called had they not picked up minor injuries and had a lack of playtime in the past month. Um, Jordi Monroy Ararat, who was included in the initial list of foreigners uh, to be called up into the national team, did not travel as he picked up an injury uh, in Independiente Medellin's Libertadores win. Uh, so he did not travel. Uh, Nayar Tiknizian finally joins the Armenian national team after um, years, I think now we can say, chadens of us talking about it. Um, He's finally here, along with a very surprising pick, uh, 18-year-old Georgi Harutunian of Krasnodar, uh, who we'll get into uh, in, in a little bit. In the midfield, we have uh, Garem Muradian, who gets his first call back up in a little over a year, uh, Iwu, who gets his first call for the Armenian national team, and Rubasarian, the under-21 player, who gets his first call for the senior national team. In the attacking midfield, we have Eduard Spertian, Lucas Zalarian, Vahan Bichakchian, and Joren Bayramian. Uh, Iwu gets his first uh, call-up for the Armenian national team. He is a Nigerian-born, but has been living in Armenia for about six years now, uh, which actually makes him eligible for citizenship. He said he is very ready uh, and uh, very proud to be called up to the Armenian national team. Uh, Garen Muradian is deservingly back in the squad after playing very well for Ararat Armenia. Uh, captaining them as well, right? Yeah. And captaining them as well. Uh, and Rubasarian, uh, who is, I think, Armin's like one of his favorites and uh, under 21 player, former cam- uh, captain of the Hamburg U17 team, uh, is getting his opportunity uh, to shine a little bit. And Lucas Zelarian coming right back in after an excellent start to his MLS season, scoring a brace on his first home game in Columbus. In the attack, we have the left-wingers of Norberto Briasco Balakian, uh, Edgar Babayan, and Girard Chagoyan. On the right wing, we have Barcelian, David Davidian, who finally is joining the national team camp after like the third time being called up, uh, Serobian. 
And then at the center forward position, we have Sargis Adamian and we have Grant Leon Ranos um, of FC Bayern Munich 2, who has been on a roll this season and gets his first national team call-up. Um, so, Chadens, I will start with you for this one. What are your thoughts um, on Petrikov's first squad for the Armenian national team? Just Maybe your better overall. than expected, actually. Uh, very attacking, very fast players, uh, very young players, which is what we wanted a uh, thousand times over the old uh, squads that uh, we we read about. Uh, quite exciting lineup we can have. Uh, I mean, it was it was hard to pick who who is predicted to start. Really, some of the experienced players are there, and of course, that's needed. That's necessary. Yeah, so speaking of young players, we have Tiknizian, we have Piloyan, who yeah. many people I think were surprised got called up. He's a uh, can play right back and center back, plays for Urardu, has been yeah. deputizing since Ghazarian um, got injured. And I believe Urardu have gone on to, they've been undefeated in four games and they have not even clean conceded sheets, three or yeah, four clean sheets. In a row. Four. So four, four instead of three. Wow, okay. Yeah, four clean sheets in a row. Um elsewhere, I think I think one one place we can harp on a little bit um is I, I wanna know your thoughts on uh on Ranos being called up. I mean <laughs> that's the best news we received all week. I was I was I was falling on the floor when I when I finally got the news about that. I mean we were expecting it, it was a matter of when. Um mm-hmm. But it's it's it shows it shows that if a player wants to play for our national team and is willing to try and to do it, they mm-hmm. will do it. Tiknizian proved the same in a different manner, obviously, but he he showed the same. He wanted to play, and he, now he's here. Ranos the same, and let's see how he's gonna make an impact. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting that you brought up Tiknizian. So even though Tiknizian is young, um, he's what twenty-two years old. He has a he has a lot of experience. He played for uh, he's represented Russia in all the youth levels, even playing in the under twenty-one World Cup, uh, where he actually scored a goal. Um, he played with Arsen Zakharyan. Um, the both of them, you know, I think they got Russia out of the group stage and then lost in the first knockout round. But he's been. You know, despite his age, plays for Lokomotiv, um, who they just played Krasnodar yesterday. He played against Eduard Spertian. Um, very, very, very experienced for such a young age. And why I think he's going to be super important and probably strot, slot straight in uh, into our lineup. Um, I, I want to know, Chanins, a little bit more from you on your thoughts on this squad. So we have Serobian and Shaloyan, two Armenian-raised players. I want to know how you think bringing in players like Ranos uh, and and Balakian, who's going to be coming from from Argentina for Boca Juniors, how is it going to affect the development and playtime of these players? Because now the competition, see, as you said, we have so much attacking talent. What do these people need? What do these players like Charoyan and Serbia need to do? That's a tough question. Uh... In terms of national team, they cannot do much, obviously, because there aren't a lot of games. Uh, but because this window has two games, 
Turkey and a friendly, not European qualifiers against Cyprus. Uh, my expectation is that the youngsters, maybe at least 75% of them, are going to feature for the Cyprus game. Uh, and possibly they're gonna play they're gonna play as many minutes as they can. Uh, hopefully no injuries and these kind of things. That's what I'm trying to uh, refer to. So they're gonna they're gonna play they're gonna play long. They're gonna play full games hopefully. Uh, but against Turkey, I it's it's a tough one. What they will be able to do? I guess in these in the camp they're going to show what they're capable of. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's gonna be the same. I think like I don't know if. I don't know if Serovian is going to necessarily get a minute against Turkey. I, I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. I think Shaloyan is a little more likely because he's, despite his age, he, he is playing outside of Armenia. He's played for CSK Sofia, and he mm-hmm. has been part of the national team for like a year and a half now. So I think someone like him is more likely versus David Davidian or Serovian or um, those, you know, those types of players. But yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really excited. Um let me pitch this over to Odman. Uh want interested to hear your thoughts on Petrikov's first squad. Well, uh a lot to talk about. Really anticipated game. I think the ideal situation would have been under different uh circumstances, not coming off a year and a half of not uh performing well at all but it is what it is i guess it's a good opportunity as any as good opportunity as any to change things to change the face of the team and and the the enthusiasm of the fans including yours truly uh (laughs) hopefully this time around uh or starting now from now on things will be different with a win but you never know overall i think the squad is good I mean, many more good things than bad things. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're really going to miss Yurchenko, of course. And proper homage should be paid after all this window. But that's a future problem. Uh, A good thing in defense is, uh, aside from Georgi uh, Arjunian, and of course the big big uh, uh, and uh, Piloyan but the big big addition to the team is Nias Dignesian who we knew for five years that always wanted to play for us uh, and we mentioned time and time again give him time is uh, doing the right thing is playing it silent and smart he's gonna join eventually and eventually it is he's 23 years old and joining us just now, uh, which 23 for a Russian-born Armenian is relatively young, and he can play both uh, fullback at, or specifically left back and uh, center mid. So we have uh, at least nine years of Technician as fullback, and left back, and another three, four years of him uh, if he wants and if he's fit at uh, center, uh, center mid so that's great like we have technician for over a decade uh pay close attention to Yachani Kulbasarian I really really rate this kid 
uh, of course it's not going to play against Turkey, of course, uh, like many of the co-ops, it's specifically future prospects, like their friendly co-ops for the friendly game against Cyprus, uh, I don't know, Piloyan, Yerçani, Kulbasaryan, um, Nelsesian F, he plays Echo, uh, who else, of course, Serantranos, uh, Iranosian, uh, Arutunian, of course, all of those youngsters are going to be playing against Cyprus, Artur Seropian probably, but he's, he's proven already, so he could play against Turkey off the bench or something, uh, that's Jordi Ararat is missing because of the injury, but uh, funny enough, he's playing today as we record after the last injury that made him not travel, which is interesting. Um, Muradian will definitely be the first option in the center, in the middle of the pitch. Uh, great attack. I, I really like this squad. I really do. Um, but again, it's going to be one team against Turkey and a whole different lineup against Cyprus. And let's see. Let's see what we get. Well, that was interesting, Ottoman, as usual. <laughs> we will move on to our next segment uh, of this episode. We will be discussing uh, the likely tactical approach that Petrogov will be taking uh, against Turkey. Now, Chadens, we talk a little bit about um formations for a second uh formations are things that look one way on paper uh but don't necessarily reflect that on the pitch i i think especially when you're talking about playing three at the back people say three at the back five at the back three five two three four three it's all interchangeable um petrikov favors a four three three uh formation meaning he likes to play a flat four back line including two full backs um, he plays an attacking variation, meaning he normally relies on a single central mid, uh, defensive midfielder to, to play anchor in, in front of the back line. Uh, and he likes to go all out uh, with the rest of the attack. So my anticipation for how I believe Petrikov will play in this match is going to be pace, pace, pace. He is going to play the fastest players possible on the wings, well, I hope. and he is going to abuse that. Get Edo Spertian and Lucas Zeran on the ball and let them distribute to the wingers and go and play directly at them. The more direct you play against a team like Turkey, the better. Um, I don't think we'll necessarily see a lot of crosses. I don't think uh, we, because I think our we don't have many target players, but it wouldn't surprise me if they mix it up and put in a cross, but I think the most of the attack is going to be direct dribbling and, and getting through players, winning those 1v1 battles, I think is probably what's going to happen. My take on uh, how Armenia should play and how Armenia should approach this, uh, I think it should the, the game plan our game plan should be similar to the one 0 win against North Macedonia. Uh, you know the one that got got us promotion to UEFA Nations League Division B. Um, why do I say this? Because I base our game plan on the opposition, and we're always going to be the underdog, especially in these games uh, that are not Nations League. Uh, we're always going to be the weaker side for most games 
and this is the case here so uh, in North Macedonia is similar to Turkey but slightly weaker I assess Turkey as a uh, slightly uh, better like one step above North Macedonia uh, with um, you know Macedonia the max were really dependent on Ali Filmas that's actually an ethnic Turk that's a fun fact there for you uh, they were really overly dependent on him and this Turkey team is overly reliant on Hakan Çalhanoğlu so we need to neutralize Henos you know Hendrik Mkhitaryan's teammate at Inter Milan best team in Italy by the way so this team struggles when they're without Çalhanoğlu so and he's called up he's gonna play he's gonna pull the strings so what we did against North Macedonia that worked for us was um, you know smother Elmas uh, it was an organized defense two players on the mark always at all times on their playmaker in this case Talhanola and cut the creator uh, from passing at will from pulling the strings from and, and recover uh, mark tackle mark tackle bite chew him off chew his legs off not literally but kind of and once we do get the ball not lose focus not lose ourselves keep our cool and set the ball quickly and effectively to the front three or or front four but I don't think it's going to be a front four. I think, despite what I would like, I think it's going to be a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3 slash 5-3-2. I don't think we're going to play our best tactic, but one can always, one can always be wrong. Either way, we need fast attackers. We need the ball quickly at their feet. Uh, and whoever plays up front should be the fastest, quickest, fittest, and most offensive, uh, efficient uh, players. Um, Chanans, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm I'm seeing how there's a bit of a difference with my with with my predicted um, mm-hmm. lineup. I hope it's pace, pace, pace. I really want to see that kind of game i just don't uh pre- i didn't predict that it would be like that because of a specific element since petrakov is new mm-hmm. uh i feel like he's going to 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 start a bit with a safe mode maybe okay. and then build up to it um that's why in my lineup i've got some players who 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 have caps in the national mm-hmm. team compared to some of the rest of the uh, players. Okay. Okay. So um, I'm I'm seeing four two three one my formation. And and I think the last um I think a last thing that that Petrikov is gonna is gonna instill as part of his approach to this game is is a strong mentality. Um I think given the circumstances of this match, um everything going on with Artsakh, everything that has gone on the history between Armenia and Turkish relations, the genocide, I don't, I don't even 
need to I don't think I even need to mention that, but because it's such an obvious huge thing in front of our faces that we live mm-hmm. with as Armenians every day. Um, staying mentally strong is something that's going to be so important in this game. They are going to try everything to get us to crumble as soon as possible. Because if you look at us historically, even as early as our last competitive match, we had two players get sent off. That's why they're not here. Ovan Esambarzumian, of course, missing from the squad because of a red card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Ar- and Artak Dashian, he got red carded in that game too against Ireland. So mm-hmm. they know, the Turks know, by looking at us, they can say, if anyone can get under these players' skins, it's us. We're Turks. We can do it. They, they, they're going to use, they know that, you know, we are not as mentally strong as we should be. And especially against a team like Turkey, with players that can get under your skin that are going to play very aggressive, I think Petrikov is going to make it a very, very, very important item to stay mentally strong. And I think if a player is not showing that mental stability, I think he will. I think he will remove them from the game. I don't think he will hesitate to do that. This part of the episode needs <laughs> a specific. Uh, concentration. 100%. I agree. 100%. 100%. Especially if, especially if um, the referee goes against us with some of the basic decisions and early in the game, uh-huh. this is really going to affect what you just said. It's really going to affect. Yeah, and and so it's it's going to be very very important in, mm-hmm. and even if we we find ourselves ahead in the match having the mental fortitude to not let that slip. And if we do concede a goal, don't let that feel like it's the end. You know, I think these players are lucky that this match got sold out. It will be a packed stadium. And I think we will probably see the most passionate Armenian national team support we have ever seen probably. About the tickets, by the way, just to clarify, even for me, just for clarification, if you know, uh, the away side that was supposed to be sold um, to the, you know, Turkish fans, but because of the ban, it's not happening. It, yeah. It's going to be full of Armenians. I'm not sure about that, honestly. I've, I'm, I'm curious myself to know. Um, I'm assuming, I've looked at the ticketing website, and if I recall correctly, I think they may have just sold that domestically. So I think it will okay. be full of Armenians. Um, because uh, I got informed because uh, Cypriot Armenian told me that he's going to be at the game and he said he he will sit. Um, so if you're looking at the if you're looking at the TIFO the, at uh-huh. the ultras, he's gonna sit on the left side. I don't know which which okay. part that is. No, that's the, that's the opposite end of where the away section sits. The away section sits on the north. Eat northwest corner um, of the stadium. So I, I, do, I don't know. I'm honestly not sure. I, I doubt okay. the federation okay. would let that stay empty, right? It doesn't make sense to have a whole empty section, no? And it doesn't make sense. I guess we'll know at the game. So make yeah. sure you guys follow our stories. Uh, oh, just well, yeah. For, you know, there you go. Make sure to follow our stories because we're going to update you with news. Let's see. Yeah. We, you'll see what we've got up for you guys. Anyway, moving on. Moving on, to, so we, we discussed the tactical approach a little bit and how we anticipate Petrikov to play. So now I'm, I'm interested, gentlemen, in hearing your lineups. Um, Armin, we'll start with you. Uh, how do you anticipate Petrikov to line up 
versus turkey? Well, I arranged my ideal 11 based on mix between uh, the personnel that was called up, uh, Petrakov's uh, preferred tactics and play style, and uh, and Turkey's uh, characteristics and traits. I would say, ideally for me, the lineup would be a 4-2-3-1, uh, but it may not be that. Ideally, it would be Beklarian at goal, Technician, uh, of course, at left back, right off the bat, starting on his first international uh, game, his, his first cap. The uh, center back duo in Chalashir, Andre Chalashir, the giant, and uh, our beloved captain and emblem, Varastat Haroyan. Uh, off uh, the right back, Gamovan Nisyan, unfortunately, but he may do some damage. The interesting thing here is that. Gamo usually, since he's a speedster, everyone knows by now, uh, and he gives his all because he's not the best, the smartest uh, time manager, uh, and he doesn't know how to address his own physique, so he goes all in at every moment. So by the time every single window, by the time the second game comes, he's already tired and, and unfit and fatigued. So the good thing on this window is that the only game that matters and the only game he's going to be playing, uh, to be fair, most likely, is the first game against Turkey. So he may do some damage with his speed, specifically. Uh, center back to the center midfield duo in Garamuradian as the defensive, the more defensively inclined. Horin Bayramian as the also a little defensive but more uh, possession and passing game uh, both will defend but Horik will be the first pass for the midfield up uh, Edward Spertian the GOAT at 10 off the wings uh, Tiklan Basekian the Hulk to the right wing uh, it's going to be an ideal game for him uh, this game is tailored for him uh, of course, the Fenerbahce experienced uh, Vardar. He played for Vardar and kicked out Fenerbahce out of uh, Europe a few years ago with a goal and an assist for him. Uh, it was legendary. It was legendary. Unforgettable. Uh, and another, the other right, the, the, the left wing is going to be either Sako Adamian or uh, Norby Balekian. Norberto Briasco Balekian. Uh, whoever is not the left wing will be striker. They could uh, periodically switch with one another. It could also, however, be a 4-4-2. Uh, again, same defense, same goalie, same personnel with Garim Muradian and Jorik Bayramian as center midfielders or inside midfielders. Uh, and Edward Spezia to the left wing or left mid. And Tiko Batsehian to the right wing or the right mid. And of course, uh, Sarkis Adamian and Norberto Briasco Balekian up front. The last time they worked together was uh, in 2020. They were prolific. They, they understood each other really well. To be fair, they were both, they were both in really good form. The team was sinking. Uh, but I don't know. 
maybe it can it can bring fruition come to fruition again controversial as usual i'm in with your lineup picks uh challenge mine is as i said before 4-2-3-1 formation we begin with Larian, who's having a great season at dorado with left back tiktizian charlie sear center back with haroyan and on the other end right back margarian uh, i'm not 100 sure where i would put tiktizian and margarian but to go along with it uh, i went for tiktizian left back and margarian right back Uh, with the midfield, since it's 4-2-3-1, the two will be Muradian and Espercian, even though I prefer Espercian to be more attacking than mm-hmm. to be holding on to the ball uh, and passing it to the wingers. Uh, Tico, Koren and Lucas will be in front of them. So they're going to be the three uh, attacking midfielders, wingers, those type of players, with striker as Palekian, who's on very good form coming from Boca Juniors. Aram, your turn. So I think we're going to line up with a 4-3-3 um, attacking. I also have Beglarian in goal. I think he's been doing really well for Urardu. League leaders deserves to be starting. Uh, Tiknizian on the left, Haroyan, Kalisir, and I believe, uh, not that I want to, but I think Kamo Hovanesian on, on right back is probably going to be the start. And, and I would play him there because of the aforementioned pace. I think if there's one player that you can talk about that has that on our team, undoubtedly maybe his only quality, it, it it's Kamo. Um, and we, we do, we have the issue with Kamo playing in defense, but specifically on the left side of defense, because uh, he's not a left back, he's not left footed. And now that we have Tiknizian in this squad, um, I think it makes a lot of sense to have Kamo on the right where he can interchange with the right winger. And and I think it's going to be very important. Um, in the midfield, I have Muradian as the defensive midfielder with Spertian and Zelrayan a little bit ahead of him. Um, and then I'm my front three. I have uh, Balekian on the left. I have Adamian up top. And then I have Tigan Barsegan on the right. Um, the reason why I went for this is because it keeps a very pace-heavy front line that can interchange with each other. And we also have options off the bench that are full of pace. We have Bichakchan, we have Babayan, we have Shaoyan um, that can come off the bench and all have so much quality that they can change the game and they can be interchangeable with some of these players. Uh, you know, you can bring on Babayan instead of Balakian. They're both tall, fast, left-wingers. You can bring on Shaoyan if you want instead of Zelara. I mean, you can have another creative edge in the midfield. Uh, or, you know, throw on Ranos instead of Valdamian for his debut and watch my boy score <laughs> and beat Turkey. Oh, uh, yes, please. That would be um, that, that would be a dream, a dream come true. Well, moving on to the opposition. Uh, now we look at the Turkish side. Uh, Chadens, walk us through some of their well-known players um, or um, um, top players for our listeners to look out for. Yeah, they play in top leagues. I'm sure you've heard of them. I'm sure you've watched some of them, and you often watch them, because one of the one of them is Hakan Çalhanoğlu of Inter Milan, who is Heno's teammate. He plays in the center of the park. Uh, again, we have another player in the Serie A, which is Meri Demiral of Atalanta. He's a center back. And alongside him, very likely who's going to be starting, is Chaglar Soyuncu of Leicester City in the Premier League. Uh, 
uh, we've got in front of them Orkun Kokshu of Feyenoord, who Feyenoord, I, if I'm not mistaken, they are on top of the league. Today they played against Ajax. Today of this recording, I don't, I don't know how the result went. I don't know what happened, but another top player. Market value is is very big, uh, and another uh, two notable names in the attacking front is Enes Unalov Getafe, who plays in um, uh, La Liga, and the other player again well-known who used to play in Serie A and currently is uh, well he's playing in France at Marseille uh, is Cengiz Under you've heard of them as well so these are uh, these are players who 90% they're going to start the game yeah lots of it's undoubtedly Turkey has a lot of talented players I, mm. I, don't, I don't think there's no question and they are going to be led by their manager Stefan Kuntz uh, who is a German national who successfully led the German under 21 uh, to a couple of trophies uh, similar to Petrikov uh, he has a winning pedigree uh, in the youth level uh, he also led the German national team for three matches I believe uh, it was some sort of interim role um, his record with Turkey he has nine wins two draws and three losses uh, including a loss to the Faroe Islands, 2-1 in the Nations League. They drew 3 all to Luxembourg, uh, but they also recently beat Scotland 2-1 in a friendly. Yeah, these so are recent games, just so you know. 2022 20, guys, just so you know. This is the, their most recent matches, and, and it, could, it, it, it tells a little bit of a story um, yeah. on how Turkey play. Uh, I think they play up to their opposition, but then I think they also play down to their opposition. And that's something that can that Armenia can definitely benefit from um how we expect the Turks to approach this game is to be as we mentioned very aggressive um we expect them to play balls over the top and with a lot of crosses um in terms of formation Stefan Kuntz favors uh, variations of the 4-4-2 uh but as Chadens noted before we started recording uh that in the last two friendlies he's been playing uh, a 3-4-3. And, and taking a brief look through the Turkish squad, uh, I noticed that they've actually called six central defenders, uh, which leads me to believe, uh, Chadens, that you may be correct in he might he may play three at the back against Hayastan. Do you think we can hit that? You think we'd be better off if they play three at the back? Yeah, that's what I'm like. Yeah, yeah. For us, better for us if, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to pitch this over to Ahmed really quickly. Um, how do you anticipate the Turks to play? We just talked about their uh, two formations that, that Kunz has used. We talked about um, their very aggressive style that we think they'll play, but just get into a little bit more specifics on this Turkish team and um, how you think they would approach playing against Armenia. Turkey's game plan, Turkey's attack... As I said, they're overly reliant on on Chalhanoglu. That doesn't mean that there aren't any other players that can pull the strings and create on his place. Uh, they have Erkin Kokçuk, they have all these other peasant players, you know, all these other players, that means good players, for those who don't speak Turkish. 
Um, <laughs> seriously, uh, they have great uh, playmakers. Uh, but again, that was also the case against North Macedonia. And we were able, on some games, when, you know, the team was there and the, the brains were there, uh, we were able to neutralize that. They rely a lot on those players and move the ball to the wings. They, they move it to the wings, they pass to the wings to the corner of the pitch, and then uh, either filtered passes or uh, low crosses, that kind of thing. They're going to focus most of their play off the wings. They're going to be passing left and right to the wings, and that way, like classic, it's it's pretty classic if you think about it. But if you neutralize the playmaker, most of the time they get frustrated. So that's when we gotta capitalize. Uh, yeah, that's that's how I imagine they're gonna be approaching this game to the wings and try to hurt hurt us that way they also have very good crosses and and in air game uh they are really dangerous when it comes to uh, to headers both in defense and offense so uh and that's our weakness so if you were wondering uh it's pretty much it like what they specialize in we specialize like we are the weakest against but that doesn't mean they're invulnerable or impossible to hurt very interesting stuff ottoman uh, i'm just going to pitch this right back to you since we're on the topic oh, what are their weaknesses in their style of play so you, you, t- you discussed it a little bit just go a little more in depth i assess turkey's weaknesses to be few but very specific. Uh, there are ways to vulnerate this team. First and foremost is the mentality. They're a team that, uh, yeah, pretty much as easy to break uh, psychologically. If they get frustrated, in a way, they're not that different from us. Uh, they're very psychological. Like, if they're frustrated, you can tell. And uh, fortunately enough, we got players that thrive in those kind of situations. Uh, as mentioned, Tikran uh, Pasejan is a specialist on that area. Barastataroyan as well. Like, he commands very well. And he can tell, he can feel the mood of the pitch. And, and that's one great thing I love about him. Um, then, of course, Edward Spertian, when he smells blood, he's going to run at you and, and dribble past you because he knows you're going to be weak and he knows you're going to be able to tackle him because of mentality, strictly that. So we got the players to capitalize on uh, tricks getting frustrated, but for that, it's going to be key not to let them feel confident and and not um and frustrate them for that we need to cut chalhanolo off the passes take the ball off him 
intercept his passes, that kind of thing. Uh, another very clear weakness of them when it comes to defense, strictly, uh, they struggle a lot against moving defenses, uh, against moving offenses and attacks, and fast and speedy and pacey uh, opposition. And we have the personnel in attack, especially in offense, uh, again, to vulnerate them, to dribble past them, to mm, throw the ball to the corners, uh, like they do in offense. They have a really hard time defending the same game style they have in offense. That's kind of ironic, but interesting. We can do that. Like, it's something we can do. Uh, we can throw the ball to the corners and, and to the space or uh, low filtered passes to two quick number nines that should be, uh, for considering form and fitness, Saki Salamian and Norberto Briasco Those are fast players. And if we have two up front, like we did against Romania, uh, it's going to be very, very possible to score more than two goals on them, even. Uh, because they have a hard time against fast and pacey players. That's why I say, uh, despite Zelanayan is really talented, he's magical, perhaps the most magical in the squad, uh, bar Edward Spetsen, the king. Uh, but again, Zelanayan is the slowest in the attack. So he should not play. Shahoyan uh, should not play because he's lacking form. Uh, same for Edgar Babayan that he is kind of good in form but not so much in fitness. He's not playing all that much. We need fast players. That's going to be the key. Chadens, um wondering what you think uh, the Turks' weaknesses. Uh, how, what can Armenia exploit? Um, what style of play do you think best suits Hayastan as they try to break down this Turkish side? Considering what you said with the 3-4-3, your predicted lineup, if it, if it happens with the 4-3-3, and how Petrakov plays, uh, sorry, used to play uh, uh, at Ukraine with a, without, uh, without, the, the the specific kind of uh, pressing that he did, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like in, in the videos that we watched, the way he was, the way his team was doing is when there was like, it wasn't, it wasn't specifically one one v one. Every single mm -hmm. time they made it possible, there was two against one. So two defenders were on one player. This this kind of thing, if we try to shake them. This will be our 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 good uh, good point on them. Okay. Yeah. If that I, makes I sense. Like in a way, it will be very useful. Very useful. So so the the, pre the pressing the 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 teamwork the communication the pressing the direct style of play that we had yeah. discussed. Yeah. And this unit of pressing the, the pressing as a unit, not just going on the player trying to grab the ball and you know doing whatever mm -hmm. you think of you know. Because this this Turkish team can punish you. They, they like to take shots from a distance, um, just similar to how we like to do. 
Um, and and I, I you know I've watched I watched some tapes lately of of how this Turkish team plays and and for once they break free from that press or if the press is done incorrectly they get into shooting positions outside the box and when you have players like Chahan Oglu uh, who can, and Ch- and Un there who when he gets it onto his left foot on the top of the box mm-hmm. very similar to Va and Bichakchan, uh gets it onto his left foot and he cur- and he curls it into the top post so. You, you need to. They are, the team needs to be very careful uh, and very particular in how they press, uh, mm-hmm. because if you let them play a little too freely on the top of the box, they will punish you. Mm-hmm. And similar to us, I mean, we we have a similar thing. When we were playing against Ireland, um, we've what, scored three goals against them. All three were from shots from outside the box. And because they gave us too much space, and when you give players like Spertian, Bichakjan, Shahoyan, uh, Lucas, Zaroyan, Tiko, too much space, they are going to punish you for that. Mm, so, absolutely. So I think we need to be very careful in our lead up. I think we need to be very direct. I think a player like Saigis Adamian is going to be very important as a focal point in the attack, not necessarily for scoring goals, but for distribution and hold up play. When we're trying to counter, you're going to need someone who can hold the ball up against a defender like Demiral or, or Soichu. Like, and, and the experience of a Sagis Adamian is going to be very crucial, being able to hold the ball up and distribute it to an oncoming Tigran Barcerian or uh Balakian or Babayan or whoever comes up. So it's it's mental concentration. I think that's probably what it what it comes down to at the end mm-hmm. of all this. The discipline of the game, yeah. Oh, I mean, this is it's all I know is this is going to be a very very intense game. Um, we're going to be watching from all corners of the world. Um, I will be at the Underdogs Bar in Glendale, California. So if you're in the area. Please drop by, watch the game there with us. It'll be the 10 a.m. kickoff, Pacific Standard Time. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is this is gonna be this is gonna, probably gonna be one of the most intense games, huh? Mm, and it's good. We need we need this kind of energy <laughs> in our lives. That's true. That's true. We do. I don't know. I don't know if I need the heart attack. That might come with it. Um, well, that is going to wrap it up for our Armenia versus Turkey preview. We're not going to give predictions because we don't do that on this show and we're notoriously (laughs) terrible with them. Um, But what we will do is answer some of your questions. Uh, We post questions on Instagram and Twitter from our listeners, and we sourced a few of them uh, that we will go ahead and answer now before we wrap up the show. The first question, uh, Chanans, you can start with this one. What are the essential preparations for our game's against turkey uh internal uh things things regarding on the pitch i think we said it already regarding external obviously we cannot say because we're not there and we're not there at the trainings to be able to say but from my experience uh in management and coaching for the last uh two and a half three years Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what I saw today's videos, today's uh, clips and stories uh, on Instagram from the Armenian Football Federation is that team spirit is needed 
right from the beginning, team spirit is needed. Imprint that on, on your squad, implement it, and move forward with that. I think that's what's happening already. Like I said, from all the clips that I saw, mm-hmm. they're all happy, they're all shaking hands, they're all hugging each other. There's, there, there's this kind of energy uh, within the team. And this unit hopefully can bring an end uh, result. Yeah, and that question was by G. Khrayan on Instagram. Thanks, bro. Uh, the second question is, what are your realistic expectations for this round of qualifiers? Uh, that question comes from Baron Avahe on Instagram. Um, realistic expectations for this round of qualifiers, I think the, the only match we have competitively is Turkey. We, of course, play Cyprus in a friendly, but we're not going to harp on that too much right now. I think that's something we'll analyze after we watch the game and know the result. Um, but I, 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 I realistically expect a win versus Turkey. Um, not necessarily because I think we're better than Turkey, uh, because I do think their team is better than ours, but we play better as a team. And when we play better as a team, um, that's where Turkey crumbles. I think their results against Luxembourg and Faroe Islands, granted the Faroe Islands loss was after they had already secured Nations League promotion. Um, there is a reason why in world football, everyone looks at this Turkish team and, and, and says they are the most underperforming national team. Um, their mm-hmm. expectations are very high. Um, they had very, they had a lot of success in their early thoughts. Uh, but since then, not, not so much. And there is a, Maybe there is a change on the horizon. Stefan Kuntz has come in and, and, and started playing really well. But then again, they do have these, you know, playing down to their opposition like Luxembourg and Faroe Islands. And, and you know, realistically, if we're talking about it, they are going to come into this match thinking we are far superior than this Armenian team. And that could play right into our hands. Easily. Easily they're going to think that. Easily. Yeah. So we have to take advantage of that. The, the, the earlier you can get a shock factor in, I think the better for us. Mm-hmm. Um, next question uh, is from Jean-Christ128 on Instagram. And Jean-Christ asks, how many points would be enough to get out of group? Um, this is a very difficult question to answer because you have to look at a lot of hypotheticals. Our group yeah. involves... Croatia, Latvia, Turkey, and Wales. Uh, Croatia was just the uh, bronze medalist in the World Cup. Um, you have a Latvian team that, sure, they're not good in general. I mean, Armenia is the better team than Latvia. There's no doubt there. But this Latvia team did get promotion from Nations League D to C, and they did so, um, and they played really well in their recent qualifiers insofar as they did not concede more than two goals to a game. Um, so they're a very solid defensive unit. They just don't have the attacking prowess. Um, and that's the type of team that we suck against. Um, Wales, you know, Gareth Bale just retired. Uh, they're going through a lot of changes. They don't necessarily have, the squad is not as impressive as you would think, but they are a good team. They've played in a World Cup. Um, and despite missing out on superstars, 
they still have a general level of quality that I would say is set pretty high, but they can't rely on those Gareth Bale to bail them out anymore or Gore, or Aaron Ramsey, who's you mm. know getting up in age. They can't rely on him as much. Um, so I think this, this is going to be a group where points are going to be taken left, right, and center. Um, I think it's possible that we beat Turkey, and then I think it's possible that Turkey turns around and beats Croatia. Um, to answer your question directly, I think 14 points based on the math, mental math that I did with Chadens before we started recording. Uh, <laughs> 14 points, I think, is the magic number. If you hit 14 points, I think that will be enough to clinch second place. Um, but then again, I think that's very dependent on the Turkish team. Um, if Turkey plays to their abilities, I think mm. this group can be wrapped up and Croatia and Turkey can run away with it. But if Turkey continue to play how they have been playing for the past decade, which is the more likely option, um, I don't know. I think I think it's there for the taking. What do you think, Charles? Very on point what you said. I don't think there's no there's no need to elaborate more on that. It's just it's very hypothetical. Um, yeah. It's this is more of a prediction kind of question. Uh, like a guess kind of way, so it, it's it's hard to to predict from now, but hopefully we we can answer later with a good uh, perception of our national team. Now now it's kind of like a new squad, new faces, new this and that. So it's this is like a debut debut kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, thanks for your questions. I think we're going to try to incorporate listener questions a little more into our show. I think it's something that we want to do, and we want to make it a little more interactive. Um, but, but I think that's going to be it for us. Uh, Armenia versus Turkey, Saturday the 25th. Um, it's going to be a crazy game, and hopefully we'll have a very good start to our European qualifiers. I generally feel positive about this. I know the boys do as well. Um, mm-hmm. But let's see. I do have some closing remarks. First and foremost, uh, it's a huge game, but it, whether for the bad or the uh, or the good, uh, for better or worse, there's life after this. Uh, team building is a process. Life is a process. Nation building is a process. So whatever the result, don't let it come to your heads and define who we are. We're so much more than that, and uh, the future is bright. So let's keep on hustling. Uh, first game for Petrakov, so cut him some slack, give him time. Hopefully the FFA gives him more agency capacity than what they gave uh, Caparros after uh, the 18-month the mark. Uh, so we'll see, time will tell, and not just one season. We will know how things are uh, after two seasons. Sometimes with the FFA, it feels like, uh, or with Armenia in general, it feels like it's Two steps forward, one step back. So we'll see. Uh, Cy- look, looking forward to the Cyprus game, friendly, with a lot of debuts, a lot of youngsters. So that's going to be really interesting. A peep to the future, ladies and gentlemen. So let's see what happens. Yep. Um, if you're in the area, LA, come to Underdogs, watch the game with us there. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter if you, you don't already, uh, and share the share the show with your friends. Uh, keep a close eye on our social media in the coming days. We have a lot of cool stuff planned. A lot. Uh, a lot. So, um, yeah, there we go. I think the next time you'll hear us, we'll be giving our thoughts 
on this national team window as a whole. I think we'll wait until after the the Cyprus game to record, uh, just so we can give a whole, you know, mm. A to Z our thoughts on this. Yep. Uh, or, or you know, if we get excited, we might record after the game against Turkey. Who knows? But yep, that's we'll all see. for us. Thank you for listening, uh, and hopefully we'll. Uh, You'll hear our beautiful serenading voices chanting and singing Armenian music after we <laughs> defeat Turkey. All right, guys. Peace. On to victory. Tebiak tanak. <laughs> <laughs>